I'm Mark Pimenta, the host of the Warlords of History podcast, exploring the lifetimes of warriors, leaders, ancient and medieval, who were titans during their respective ages. Also delving into the surrounding environmental and political conditions, their motivations for taking on the mantle of war, and what their legacy was beyond their demise. If any of this interests you, join me as we dive into each of their lifetimes, their worlds, in the Warlords of History podcast. Welcome to Holocaust Histories, the podcast featuring mind-boggling stories from the Holocaust, remarkable tales of heroism and horror that are guaranteed to amaze you. Season 1. In the prime of their lives and careers, boxers' dreams are snatched and replaced by nightmares. Boxing is no longer for money and pride, but for bread scraps and survival. Fighting now takes place in concentration camps. The winner lives another day. The loser is killed. Dive into the astonishing stories of boxers' resilience and courage in the face of incomprehensible terrors. Each episode features a boxer with a different nationality and a unique experience during the Holocaust. Some will live, some will die. They will all fight to survive. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please rate, subscribe, and tell a friend. You can send any questions, corrections, and comments to holocausthistories at gmail.com. This episode contains graphic descriptions and sensitive subject matters. Listener discretion advised. In the long run, the sharpest weapon of all is a kind and gentle spirit. Anne Frank. Noah Kilger was born in Strasbourg, France to Jewish parents. It was the same year Hitler published Volume 1 of Mein Kampf. Noah was just 14 years old when he founded a French resistance group. They would attempt to save Belgian Jews by smuggling them over to Switzerland. He would eventually be captured and sent to Auschwitz where he trained with Victor Perez. There was one big difference between the two. Victor was a professional, talented boxer, while Noah pretended to be, in order to receive more food. This was a dangerous move Victor warned him about. Back in Strasbourg, the Nazis were attempting to create a collection and display of Jewish skeletons. This is a story of bravery and resilience. The story of Noah Kilger. The year 1925 saw many notable events. The deadliest tornado in U.S. history ripped through Missouri, Illinois, and Indiana, killing 695 people. The Ku Klux Klan held a rally in Washington, D.C. with approximately 35,000 people. The Mount Rushmore Project was approved by Congress. Chrysler was founded and The Great Gatsby was published. Six companies merged to form IG Farben. New York City becomes the largest city in the world, surpassing London. On July 31st of the same year, a less notable event would occur. Noah Kilgore was born. His Jewish parents Abraham and Esther were born in Poland and grew up in Nuremberg, Germany. They eventually moved to Strasbourg, France, where they gave birth to Noah. Strasbourg is a French city located in the Alsace region in northeast France. 
The history of anti-Semitism in Strasbourg can be traced back to 1349. Jews of Strasbourg were wrongfully accused of poisoning wells with plague. On February 14th of the same year, hundreds of Jews were killed, most burned to death. This would become known as the Strasbourg Pogrom. Fast forward over 500 years to 1861. The population of Strasbourg was 82,000, with 2,820 Jews. 29 years later, in 1890, the number of Jews grew to 8,000. With anti-Semitism declining, many Jews in the region decided to move out of small villages and into cities, such as Strasbourg. The city banned synagogue construction from the 14th to 18th century. The Strasbourg Synagogue was eventually built in 1896. Beginning around 1918, French Jews faced an increase in anti-Semitism, with many being deported to Germany. Strasbourg had prepared an evacuation plan as early as 1936. The Kilger family relocated to Belgium in hopes of safety from Nazi persecution. However, by May 28, 1940, Belgium was occupied by Nazi Germany. With the start of World War II on September 3, 1939, the evacuation plan was put into action. Today, Strasbourg is a silent city. War has come once more to her gates, and her citizens must leave for parts of France that are less exposed. All the civilians have gone, all the shops are closed, all the houses deserted. A strange, brooding silence has descended upon a city that once teemed with life. 300,000 people escaped by train to towns in southwest France. There were approximately 25,000 Jews living in the Strasbourg region at the time. 14,000 escaped to these towns. 5,000 more fled in May of 1940. Over 4,000 were killed. By May 10th, Germany had invaded France, and less than two weeks later, Strasbourg was fully occupied by Nazi Germany. Belgium surrendered to Germany on May 28, 1940. The Great Synagogue of Belgium was demolished by the Hitler Youth on September 11, 1940. The following year, the Antwerp pogroms occurred, with synagogues being ransacked and destroyed. They then attacked the home of the town's chief rabbi. The fire department and police were called, but the German authorities prevented any intervention. Noah was just 14 years old and helped found an underground resistance organization. Members passed messages between underground cells, helped obtain food, and smuggled Belgian Jews to Switzerland. The Judenrat was authorized in Belgium in 1941. By 1942, Belgian Jews were forced to wear the Star of David badges. The same year, mass deportations to Auschwitz and Bergen-Belsen began. About half of the Jewish population went into hiding. Noah joined a Jewish resistance group that was working with the French resistance. They rescued 300 children on a secret mission that brought them to a temporary safe haven in Switzerland. Between August 1942 and July 1944, about 25,000 Jews and 350 Roma were sent from Belgium to the concentration camps. More than 24,000 of them were killed. In 1942, Noah fled from Belgium with plans to go to Switzerland. He and his fellow escapees split into two groups. The first group reached Switzerland safely. 
However, Noah and his group were caught at the border by the Germans. They were sent to the Mechelen transit camp, located between Antwerp and Brussels. It was surrounded by barbed wire. This camp held prisoners before they were deported to various death camps. The first transport came from Antwerp on July 27, 1942. Between August and December of the same year, 2,000 Jews were transported from Mechelen to Auschwitz each week. Noah was sent to Auschwitz in 1943. He was just 16 years old at the time. He was in the same barracks as Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel. When the commander of Monowitz, Heinrich Schwartz, asked if there were any boxers, Noah raised his hand. In reality, he had never boxed in his life. Victor, who was already fighting at the camp, asked Noah, Can you even box? Noah replied, Of course not. Victor then told him, They'll send you straight to the gas chambers. In a risky decision, Noah was attempting to get extra food rations boxers were given. He trained in the boxing gym Schwartz had set up, alongside Victor, the star of the gym. Noah had described Schwartz as literally crazy, both mentally and about boxing. The gym was equipped with a rowing machine, sandbags, and punching bags. Around 30 people were training at the gym at this time. A giant of a man named Kurt Magatons was in charge of all of them. He told the people training at the gym, I'll check if you're real boxers. Heaven help you if you lied. You'll be sent to the gas chambers. Show me a few moves. One by one, each of them had to demonstrate their boxing skill. Noah rehearsed one move in his mind, where he stood in a boxing stance, leaned forward, and threw a left jab. The first three boxers passed the test. Magaton said, It's okay, I can see your boxers. Noah had escaped the test. Although he had never boxed before, he was an experienced street fighter. He was also very athletic and a talented swimmer. Back in Strasbourg at the German annexed Reich University, the Nazis were attempting to create a collection and display of Jewish skeletons. The chairman of the university and the creator of the project was SS anatomist August Hurt. He held the position as the director of the Institute of Anatomy at the university and in Strasbourg. He wanted to collect Jewish skeletal remains as he thought the Jewish race was on the point of extinction. The display was meant to show the Jewish race's inferiority. Hurt specifically looked for, and I quote, special bone structures. He asked Himmler for permission to initiate the project. He told Himmler, There are important collections of skulls of nearly all the races and people except for the Jews, of which science has so few skulls, so it is not possible to draw any meaningful inferences. The war in the East gives us the opportunity to fill the gap. We have the opportunity to acquire a tangible scientific document by procuring the skulls of Jewish Bolsheviks, who embody the disgusting but characteristic subhuman. Himmler approved the project. On August of 1943, 89 of 115 prisoners from the Soviet army in Auschwitz were selected. They had the stereotypical racial features Hurt was looking for. They were isolated in a barrack to prevent them from getting typhus. The 89 prisoners were ultimately transported to Natzweiler Struthof concentration camp. 87 prisoners arrived. Two died en route. 
Natzweiler Struthof was located in a heavily dense forest. It operated from May 21, 1941 to September of 1944. It was the only concentration camp established by the Germans in the territory of pre-war France. Around 52,000 people were imprisoned there. 22,000 of them were killed. The 87 inmates were kept there for two weeks. They were fed relatively well in hopes to improve the appearance of their corpses. All but one of the inmates were gassed to death. One victim was shot dead as he resisted being gassed. This corpse would not be sent to hurt. The gassings occurred on August 11th, 13th, 17th, and 19th. The corpses of 57 men and 29 women were then sent to hurt. Natzweiler Strudhoff was fully liberated on November 23, 1944 by the French 1st Army and the U.S. 6th Army Group. In September of 1944, the Allied forces closed in on Strasbourg. Hurt worried his project would not be completed. He still needed to make anatomical casts of the body prior to reducing them to skeletons. The project would be left incomplete and the corpses not defleshed. Himmler ordered the destruction of the project evidence, but that was never fully completed. The Allies arrived and found corpses and remains of the 86 victims in Formalin. Hurt had fled Strasbourg and went into hiding in Tübingen, in southern Germany. He committed suicide on June 2, 1945. Only one of the 86 bodies was identified. Prisoner number 107969, Menahem Tafel, a Polish-born Jew who lived in Berlin. Hans-Joachim Lang, a German professor, identified the remaining victims in 2003. The 86 were from eight countries in German-occupied Europe, including Austria, the Netherlands, France, Germany, Greece, Norway, Belgium, and Poland. 46 were originally from Thessaloniki, Greece. After about a year in the camp, Noah became ill with pneumonia and dysentery. During a selection, Mengele said of Noah, he didn't have a chance. Mengele then motioned his hands to the left, sending Noah to death. Noah desperately pleaded with Mengele about how he can still be of use. He also mentioned his father was a famous journalist from Strasbourg. The physician with Mengele happened to be from Strasbourg and knew of Noah's prominent father. Mengele then asked the doctor if he would be of use, and he replied, yes. Noah was saved. Mengele sent him back to the barracks, hoping he would infect other inmates. Victor provided Noah and other prisoners with the soup he had stolen from the camp's kitchen. This aided in Noah's recovery. Victor was warned he'd be killed if he was caught. He replied, that doesn't matter. Man isn't born to live for himself, but to help others. The French 2nd Armored Division entered Strasbourg on November 23, 1944. They raised a flag above the Strasbourg Cathedral at 2.30 p.m. The German commander of Strasbourg makes his formal surrender. The city was liberated. Noah was sent on a three-day death march to Dora Middle Bau concentration camp in January of 1945. He survived the march and was imprisoned at the camp. He pretended to be a precision mechanics expert and was sent to the underground plant producing missiles. There he was given another test. A French prisoner helped him and gave him the correct answers on the exam. 
Noah passed and was assigned to the missile production plant. On April 4th of 1945, as the Soviet army neared, Noah was taken on another death march, this time to Ravensbrück. This was the same death march where Victor Perez was shot dead. The march was ten grueling days. Noah had survived and arrived at Ravensbrück. On April 29th and 30th of 1945, the Soviet army freed the prisoners at Ravensbrück. Noah was one of 3,500 who had survived. He and other prisoners helped the Soviets repair roads. At the end of the war, about 8,000 Jews resettled in Strasbourg. Noah was one of them, but then departed for France, en route to Belgium. Noah was looking for his parents. Noah successfully found them and learned that they had survived Auschwitz. His father started a German-language magazine for Belgian Jews, while Noah translated it into French. His brother was also safe in England. Noah reported on the post-war Nazi criminal trials in Belgium, France, and Germany, including the first trial and the infamous Eichmann trial in Israel. He immigrated to Israel on July 10, 1947. He was the chairman of the Maccabee Tel Aviv Basketball Club from 1951 to 1968. He was reporting and in attendance at the 1972 Munich Olympics in which 11 Israeli athletes were murdered. Noah was inducted in the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame of Los Angeles in 1990. Noah was a key member in the development of European basketball, participating in FIBA's activities since 1951. He chaired FIBA's Media Council for over 25 years. In 2010, he was awarded the FIBA Order of Merit. He was inducted into the FIBA Hall of Fame in 2015. Noah passed away on December 13, 2018, at the age of 92. An estimated 16,000 Jews live in Strasbourg today. Noah said before his death, A nation who doesn't learn about its past has no chance for a future. Only 50,000 of us survived. Why me? My mission is to teach people what happened in the Shoah. I speak at least twice a week all over the world because no language in the world has adequate words to describe what the Nazis did to the Jewish people under Hitler's yoke. I believe that human beings are capable of supporting much more than they think. In life there are no problems, only solutions. You just never have to give up. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please rate, subscribe, and tell a friend. You can send any questions, corrections, and comments to holocausthistories at gmail.com.